Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. So... Allegedly, this is our last podcast from America. I currently still have a flight to Ghana on Sunday. Also, I checked and I found other dates that I can change my flight for no additional fee. So here's what happened. Remember last episode, I told you I was probably going to drive to Delaware and I was going to go see the Ann Lowe exhibit. Ann Lowe, the black woman who designed Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress. That and low. She also did these amazing debutante dresses, all white, beautiful, gorgeous designs. And then she moved to New York and was doing all the white socialites, but then also a few black socialites too. Their wedding dresses and their gala gowns. Her designs are so out of this world. Oh, and I have this dress and literally the dress is 10 years old, but I've kept it because it was so beautiful. It's not an and low, but I go to the museum And there's a dress that looks, the back of it looks almost identical to my dress. And I was like, clearly this dress was influenced by Anne Lowe. I didn't know. And now I do. That's not the point. The point is, I went to the exhibit. It was absolutely breathtaking. It's not very big. I would say there's probably 50 to 60 Anne Lowe dresses. And that just seems small to me only because I'm used to doing like European museums. And they're so very extensive. Like they go on and on and on like... Everything's like minimum 300 pieces. So this one is small, but it packs a huge punch. The gowns, I posted pictures of them. I did a post on the main page of my Instagram. And then I also put a bunch of pictures and stories on Facebook and Instagram. The details are so intricate and beautiful. Very small exhibit. It took me... Actually, I went through twice because that's how gorgeous it was. I just, I did a full loop where I think I studied everything and peered at everything and stared at everything and examined everything. And it was so beautiful. And I drove two and a half hours to Delaware. And I was like, all right, let me do it all over again. And so did it again. The two times through took me an hour and a half. And then I drove back. So gorgeous. So beautiful. They have this replica of Jackie Kennedy's wedding gown. 
They can't do the real gown because it's older and to display it would expose it to too much wear and tear. But they did this beautiful replica. That gown has so much detail. It's a work of art. It's it's pure art. And there's a quote, a pull quote, if you will, blown up in the exhibit. It's from a newspaper article that was written on Anne Lowe. And it said if she lived in Paris, she would be as popular as Dior. And as someone who's gone to see like the Dior exhibits and Valentino exhibits and yes, on par completely. <sighs> would have been, but you know, black, born in America. Her grandmother was born into slavery. Her grandmother was a seamstress dressmaker who taught her mother how to do it, who taught Anne Lowe how to do it. She started apprenticing, if you will, for her mother and grandmother when she was six, six years old. Um, There's also this really great story behind Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress. The studio where she was designing flooded six days before the wedding and Jackie Kennedy's dress was ruined. She had to make the dress from scratch in six days and did. It's a work of art. So beautiful. Still not the point. So I drive to the museum. I'm listening to my sad white people playlist. So it's like Adele, Amy Winehouse, Sam Smith. Ed Sheeran. And I'm not sad about anything. I just sometimes like to just have all the feelings. Like, I'm a cancer. You know how I am. So, like, my portal is open, right? Listen to it all the way there. Put the playlist right back on for the drive back. I did stop in Baltimore at Poppy Cuisine, and I did get my crab cake egg rolls. Absolutely excellent. And I got this ultimate seafood pasta. I think that's what it's called on the menu. It's like fried shrimp and lobster fettuccine amazing. Oh my God, it's amazing. So good. Still not the point. So I drive back. I've got my sad British people playlist, right? Once I get on 95, I get behind this car and the license plate is why not win? Y-N-O-T-W-I-N. And I was like, what? It took me a minute to figure it out. I didn't think anything of it. So I'm driving along This car keeps like going away and coming back in front of me, going back and coming back in front of me. And it dawned on me. And I was like, I think God is trying to tell me something. That might sound crazy to some people, but this is how my life operates. Remember, I made the whole decision to move to Ghana because I kept having personal earthquakes. And I felt like God was trying to tell me to move to Ghana. I was very unsettled and unsure about the decision to move. And every time I would seriously question it or be like, no, that sounds crazy and try to back out of it, I would have a personal earthquake. And then once I was like, okay, fine, I'll move. Then everything in my life just got really, really, really easy. So ever since then, like I really just try to move in alignment with what I think is God's plan for me or what God's purpose is for me. I'm not really sure exactly what God's trying to tell me. I don't think it's don't go back to Ghana. Whenever I have these God is trying to tell you something moments, I have to be still. I need to be sober. I need to like exercise, sweat, cry. Like I need to, sounds crazy, keep the portal open so I can hear God. When there's a message coming through, there's always a message and it's always come through very, very clear when I'm able to hear it. But it requires me to be still and still isn't getting on a plane and crossing an ocean. So I understand it sounds completely bonkers to some people. I also understand it sounds completely normal and sensible. Yo, being in tune with God is, it's easy when you listen. It's just like, I get that you're trying to say something, but what is it that you're trying to say, God? And how long do I need to be still? 
when I checked the site and I saw that there was no upcharge to change my flight, I mean, for like the next month or so, and I have to go back for Thanksgiving because I'm hosting a trip. I wouldn't bail on my guests or my business partner for that matter. But I checked the flights and for the next month, there's no charge to change it. I've checked flights before to change them because I've already changed my flight twice. There were days when it was, I don't know, an extra $11,000. Sometimes it's an extra 11000 Sometimes it's an extra 2000 Sometimes it's an extra 5000 It's an extra 500 to fly economy and an extra zero for business class. So I was like, oh, yeah, I think you want me to change my flight. I think waiting on a word, waiting on a word. There are worse things. It's not like I don't have all the cable my heart can handle, plus my car, plus a queen size bed. It's a good life. But I have all of those things in Ghana, except a car. Well, a truck. But I have a driver. That's not the point. The point is, I found a movie to watch. I'm probably going to see it. I wanted to go see it this morning, but I went out last night. I went to park at 14th. I thought it was going to be one thing. It was something different than what I was expecting, and it was fine. I'm not really used to being in club settings anymore. It's not the worst thing, but it's, you know, a thing. But it was cute. I was trying to hang out with one of my friends for the last time, for the last time before I left for Ghana, but then actually sitting there last night, like screaming over the music. She was like, do you want to do brunch on Saturday? And I was like, yes, because I can't hear you. So, um, So I will see her again. But I went out last night and it was plentiful Prosecco. Yeah, this morning was, I didn't have a hangover, just a bit of a struggle. But I wanted to go see Priscilla. It came out today. It's the story of Elvis Presley's wife. The only reason I really want to see it, I'm not particularly that interested in Priscilla. But I also wasn't that particularly interested in the Elvis movie, which is a really, really good movie. Remember I saw the Elvis movie? I think it was last time I was home. It was so good. The relationship between Elvis and Priscilla, the only thing I really know about it is she was dumb young. I mean, completely underage, like 14, and he was like 20-something. And her parents should have their ass beat for allowing them to get together. But they were together forever. You know, Elvis was so in love with her and then proceeded to act a whole donkey on her. I am kind of interested in her story. just, But also, Sophia Coppola is directing, and the movie is getting excellent, like super excellent reviews. Unlike the other two movies that I wanted to see. I will say this. Somebody listened to last week's episode and hit me and was like, the Scorsese movie is actually really good. She's like, it's long. She's like, but I only checked my phone once and it's good. And I was like, but it's three hours and 26 minutes. That's like longer than Malcolm X. I don't know. I might have to see that one when it hits Netflix. I'm just, but Priscilla movie is going to be my popcorn movie, which I'm quite excited about. I like stories about women's lives. So we'll see whatever Priscilla had going on. I want to see what perspective, if any, she has on being so young when she was taken advantage of by Elvis. I remember when her book came out, which I didn't read, but I remember one of the big talking points about her book was she said that she and Elvis never did anything physically or sexually until she was 18. And I was like, so wait, y'all were dating from 14 to 18 for four years. You're a horny teenager. He's a horny man in his 20s. Nothing? Nothing? You want me to believe that as a 14-year-old girl, a grown-ass man was so intrigued with your conversation that nothing physical happened? That he didn't, like, statutory rape you? Is that what you're leading me to believe? Maybe they didn't have statutory rape ages back then. But still, 14 for a grown-ass man was still gross in the 1960s. Like, it happened, but people dragged the folks that did it 
Usually the young girl called the girl fast and called the man just being a man. Still, that's nasty. 14 is a child. I mean, it speaks to his poor development as a man. You know what? Let me see the movie. Although I don't know what they could possibly say in the movie that would have me be like, you know what? I see it differently now, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully later tonight. I guess I probably need to buy tickets. That don't really strike me as the type of movie that would sell out around here, though. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. And good black news. Does this count as good news? (laughs) I think so. Usher is continuing to be the menace that we've all come to accept him to be. (laughs) I saw last week, What's her name? Asia Wilson from the Las Vegas Aces. I want to say they're back-to-back WNBA champions. But she has been trying to to get some personal time, some personal attention from Usher for over a year now. When the Aces won the championship the first time, there was a parade and she invited Usher to come because he was in Vegas then. He was already in Vegas, but she invited him to come and he wasn't able to make it. So they won the championship again at the press conference. She gave the same shout out and she invited Usher to come to the parade. This time word got to Usher. He made a video. He apologized for not being able to make it to their celebration parade for their championship. He made a video. He said, I want to invite you to come see the show. Come see me do it my way here in Vegas. It's a menace, a little menace. He said, we stick together. We love one another. Congratulations on this day, and I'll see you soon. <laughs> so Miss Asia Wilson and her teammates went to the Usher show, and Usher came over to serenade her. My girl was gone. <laughs> she went to a whole nother dimension. The, the effect Usher has on women and some men, let's not leave the men folk out, the effect that Usher has, though. This woman is a whole WNBA champion, a celebrity in her own right, and just loses it. <laughs> You have to see the video if you haven't seen it. It's her reaction, and then there's a teammate sitting next to her. Her teammate is doing a straight-up cackle watching her girl lost over Usher. It's all hilarious put together. But Usher was like, you didn't know I was going to come over here and talk to you like this, did you? And she was like, oh. 
She's like the lady in the front row at the five heartbeats. <laughs> and he did it again. Marsha Ambrosius from Flowetry went to the concert and Usher started singing one of her songs. Say yes, I believe. Usher starts singing the song and he's walking up the steps. She's sitting like in the middle of the row. She gets herself up. I guess she was feeling feisty. Maybe she wanted to sing. She wanted to do a duet. I don't know what she was thinking. But she went on over to Usher like she was about that life. <laughs> He's a menace. He's a menace. She, she carried herself on over there. Usher said to her, he said, I know you a married woman. <laughs> and then he reached out to her. And he said, he said, don't forget to put your ring back on when we done. Oh, oh. Usher sang her whole song to her. She couldn't even join in. She got so tickled and in midway, she got so embarrassed and had to run away. It was like, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> Tiffany had to be like, she ready. She wasn't ready. <laughs> I want this in my life. I want this experience. Usher ain't do all that when I met him. He was real sweet. He was, he was gentlemanly and kind. I was like, I don't want this version of you. I went to the show before he was waging pathways of destruction. Not fair. Not fair. <sighs> Speaking of the joy that men bring, actually, this is the joy that a woman brings. Nellie and Ashanti, they done had their teeth out ever since they got back together. All the molars showing. They are happy. I want to be this happy. I guess I need to be nice to somebody's son at some point. <sighs> but they look happy as hell. Nelly just had his 49th birthday and Ashanti bought him his dream car. I'm reading this on Essence. It says Nelly is celebrating his 49th birthday to mark the occasion. Girlfriend Ashanti, 43, got the rapper the dream car from his childhood and it brought him to tears. She bought him a 64 Chevy Impala, royal blue. It's real pretty. I don't know nothing about cars. I just know what looks good and doesn't. And it's in great condition. I saw the video when she presented the car to him. That Negro cried. Tears of joy. He posted on his Instagram. He said, other than my children, this is the best gift I've ever received. <laughs> Your children and then a 64 Impala. <laughs> okay. He said, you showed out, shorty. Love you at Ashanti. And then she responded, this is so cute. You're welcome, big head. <laughs> Your face was priceless. Love you too. Pound town. <laughs> Soon as I get back to the house. We don't need this part of the group chat. The I love yous was fine. The pound town, we didn't need to know all that. I mean, we know y'all doing that, but we didn't need to know all that. You need to put it in writing. They're so cute. A couple months ago, Ashanti was walking around. What award show was that? Was it BET Awards? She had on a purse that had a picture of her and Nelly literally from 20 years ago when they first got together and I was like y'all are gone I mean as if we didn't know between the matching outfits and the molders out we knew apparently for her birthday he bought her a bunch of diamonds I didn't see anything about that essence has a reference to it and I was like well all right all right every time they post something people are like well when are they getting married when they feel like it this woman is 43 this man is 49 they know when and if they want to get married or not when they as in both of them want to they will until such time, let them very grown folks be. Everybody's end goal is not marriage. I have no idea what Nellie or Ashanti's end goal is. I don't know. They look happy as hell. Stay that way. Married or unmarried. Stay happy. You can be happy and married. Excellent. You can be happy and single. Excellent. Happy in a relationship. Excellent. 
The common denominator is the happy. They're so happy that it actually makes me happy to look at them. That's a lot of love. What else do we have on our list? We don't really have like a bunch of news this week. Zoe Kravitz and Channing Tatum are engaged. That's like one-fourth of black news. No! That's like half black news. But we don't really think of Lenny Kravitz or Lisa Bonet as biracial. I do know Zoe at one point. Didn't she do an interview, something about she didn't identify as black for a real long time? And I was like, girl, your parents are considered black icons. Why would you say that out loud? That's not the point. She and Channing Tatum. That's a fine white boy, especially when his hair is real low. But they've been dating for the last two years and allegedly they're engaged. I don't think they made an official announcement, but sources close to have confirmed to People Magazine. People's pretty credible news, but they're a gorgeous couple. So congratulations to them. Not so good black news. This just came out in Variety. Marvel has a Jonathan Majors problem. As we've discussed on many, many occasions, Jonathan Majors has legal troubles. He was supposed to be the next big superhero in Marvel's cinematic universe. Kang the Conqueror. I never saw the movie where he was actually introduced in that role. I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, unless it's Black Panther. I prefer X-Men. It's just me. But Variety details a Palm Springs retreat for Marvel creatives that included the studio chief. They said usually the people at these retreats are, are very confident, if even cocky. And they say, but this occasion was quote and unquote angst ridden. Everyone was reeling from a series of disappointments. It says the most pressing issue to be discussed at the retreat was what to do about Jonathan Majors. The actor insists that he is the victim, but the damage to his reputation and the chance he could lose the case has forced Marvel to reconsider its plans to center the next phase of its interlocking slate of sequels, spinoffs, and series around Major's villainous character, Kang the Conqueror. Executives discuss backup plans, including pivoting to another comic book adversary like Doctor Doom, but making any shift would carry its own headaches. Major's was already a big presence in the MCU, including as the scene-stealing antagonist in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Says one top dealmaker, Marvel is truly fucked with the whole Kang angle. And they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very recently because of the WGA strike. I don't see a path to how they move forward with him. Oh dear. I also read, remember there were stills floating around. Jonathan Majors was in an indie film. I want to say about like a bodybuilder. Who did steroids. Hold on. I'm looking up the name of the movie. Magazine Dreams. I'm reading on Rolling Stone. They put it under the crimes and courts section. Jonathan Major's movie Magazine Dreams. Removed from release schedule. Amid abuse allegations. It will no longer be opening on December 8th. According to Variety. The news comes. Jesus. Every time somebody mentions his name, amid allegations of domestic violence against Majors, who was arrested in March for attacking his ex-girlfriend. Yikes on yikes. They said when the movie premiered at Sundance earlier this year, it garnered positive reviews. It positioned Majors to become a breakout star. Majors is impossible to look away from, according to Entertainment Weekly. Los Angeles Times called his acting, quote, an entirely astonishing lead performance from Jonathan Majors. Rolling Stone points out that about two months after the film's premiere, Majors was arrested for allegedly attacking his then-girlfriend. 
Every single mention of this man's name is associated with domestic violence. Yeah. Marvel got serious issues. Also, Rolling Stone quotes its own investigation that came out in June, which included two other previous romantic partners who alleged majors had abused them. Damn. I don't know what to make of his career. I don't know what becomes of him. I can't call it. I wish, I wish him truth. That's what I wish him. Whatever happened that night in the car, I wish the truth comes forward. This is also not good black news. I mean, kind of, sort of, but not really. Part of it is good. Part of it is bad. So we talked last week about Keith Lee, the restaurant reviewer. I don't think he even calls himself a restaurant critic. I think he just says reviewer. He posted a video. We recorded on Tuesday. I guess on Wednesday. He was like, me and my family have left Atlanta. We are receiving death threats. He was like, this whole thing has spiraled out of control. He's like, people are mad at me for reviewing food, asking what right do I have to criticize a restaurant? He also said people get upset with him. He was like, if I give too many good reviews, then people are like, oh, you don't really mean it. Your reviews aren't for real. Like these restaurants are paying you or it's just not genuine. And he was like, if I say something is bad, then people are like, you shouldn't criticize black owned spaces. This came up on, what is Shannon Sharp and Ocho Cinco? They have a show together. I only watch the clips on Shannon's page. What is the official name of it? Because I just call it Shannon and Ocho. Nightcap. I think that's what it's called. Why does Ocho have on sunglasses all the time? Inside. But Ocho and Shannon were talking about it. Shannon was very much like, you know, the man has every right to go to places and talk about the food and the service and the marketing or whatever else he wants about his experience. Like he's talking about literally his life and the food he eats. And Ocho was like, no, people work really hard on black businesses. Like we need to support other black people. You have this large platform. You shouldn't say anything negative. You shouldn't be trying to tear people down. What he's doing is not right. And I was like, I don't think Ocho's ever seen a Keith Lee video. Cause I don't think you could ever watch a Keith Lee video and accuse him of tearing down any place. I compared him to Tabitha the last time I spoke about him. One, because they both talk about food, but also because they're really kind, generous, nice personas. They might be terrors behind the scenes. Tabitha, I don't think so. Keith, I don't think so either. I'm just putting it out there that people can have personas and then they can have other sides that they don't show the public. Fine. Even for all the negativity that has come out of this situation in Atlanta... It's really readers or listeners reacting to what he's saying versus what is actually coming out of his mouth. People have had big gripes with various aspects of the Atlanta food scene for a very long time. Keith Keith Lee pointed out some things in speaking about his experience and people were like, yes, because I've experienced that too at this place, in that place, in this place, in that place, in this place, in that place. And it's just exploded from there. I saw a bunch of really big news outlets has started following this story. Um, Just a quick search is CNN. Just a quick search. CNN, Washington Post, Rolling Stone, BET, The New York Times, BuzzFeed. Slate Magazine, NBC News, Forbes, People Magazine, Salon.com, TMZ, Fox 5 Atlanta, USA Today, Los Angeles Times. I would imagine right now with death threats coming to his family, 
but Keith Lee said as much in the most recent video I saw. He was like, I don't really want to go to other cities and do food tours. Like, I'm kind of over this whole thing. Like, y'all threatening me? Y'all threatening my family? Like, is it that serious? It's not, one. I'm very, very sorry that this is happening to him. I think when the smoke from this clears, and it will, this is going to turn out to be the best thing that ever happened to him professionally. At least in this realm. If you recall, Tabitha was mostly online famous and black famous. She had some things in the works. God had definitely paved the way. But when that situation with Wendy Williams happened, when Tabitha had announced that she was retiring her husband and Wendy took those jabs at her and then Tabitha responded back, when I interviewed her about it, she she said initially she wasn't going to respond and then she prayed about it and God was like, go on and speak your peace. I think if Keith Lee wants it, if Keith Lee plays it right, that this is going to be his Tabitha come up moment. This is going to be the turning point for him where it goes from things are really good to things are like, oh God, I thank you great. If he could just weather the storm and it is a storm. I feel so bad for him. He's just not a person that deserves the vitriol that's coming his way. But all the big papers that are covering him, it's exactly the same thing that happened with Tabitha and Wendy. Here's this guy with millions of followers that hadn't registered on the mainstream radar. And now you've got every big publication talking about you. Even with the best publicist in the world, the best crisis manager in the world, Olivia Pope type shit, he wouldn't be able to pull off the list of press that I just named for you. If this man is not picked up by, I don't know, Endeavor, CAA, some form of major representation by next week, I'll be disappointed in Hollywood. The man is a gold mine. Apparently he got some gold already. I've watched one video. He went to a place. The service was excellent. He tried to tip the waiter $1,000 and somebody from the staff was standing there and they said, oh, this is for everybody. You can spread it out. And he said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Spread it out. That's good. And in the next clip, he was standing outside with the waiter and he said, I want to do this specifically for you. So like that a thousand, they can split amongst themselves. But this a thousand is for you. And I was like, you giving out two G's? The food was that good? The service was that good? I saw another place. He was like, yeah, I tipped $500. I was like, oh, he got some gold. He going to get some platinum if he plays cards right. Good for him. He is deserving. You don't build an audience of 14 million without having some sort of it factor without tapping into something very visceral and in this case it's like folks literally have to eat to live people want to eat good food how do i find that oh this man knows where it is let me follow him do we have anything else i saw a couple people ask like you didn't review the gilded age i reviewed it on my social media I really didn't have anything additional to say other than what I talked about on Instagram. I try very hard these days not to talk about the same things twice. Like if I write about it, I don't really feel a need to talk about it. Like I say everything that I had to say. I love the new season. I'm obsessed with the Gilded Age. This seeming unlimited budget, if nothing else, does it for me. But the gowns, the shade, Mrs. Russell, Peggy, her family. I guess I didn't say this when I talked about it on social media. There are at least three black women in high-ranking positions that I know of behind the scenes. One is the executive producer, Sally Richardson-Whitfield, and then there are two other women for sure that are both are writers. I think one is also a producer. 
I love how multidimensional Peggy and her family are. I love that we get to see slices of black life that the black characters are not just regulated to the help. I mean, Peggy is the help. I think what I'm trying to say is her profession is the help. And she's not a maid. She's a secretary. Her job, which entails being in service to white people, is not her entire identity. She left the fancy house that her parents provided for her in Brooklyn to go stay in another fancy house in Manhattan. Peggy also has a side hustle. Like, yes, she's working as a secretary for this rich white woman, which is considered a respectable job. But she's also a journalist. She's also got substantial backstories. She was a wife. She was a mother. She has a missing baby. She found the baby. She has a difficult relationship with her father. There's a lot of meat as opposed to, oh, Peggy, the the assistant. I want Peggy to get with her newspaper boss so bad. I mean, I want Peggy to have her own life. I want her to be a journalist. I want her to have all the thrills and adventure. I see in this season, Peggy goes down south. And I was like, girl, I know somebody got to go and get the stories. But you got to make it back to tell people what happened. I want Peggy to have all that her heart's desire, but I would like a little love match for Peggy. Her boss, he's so cute. He's the love interest or was the love interest on Harlem for Megan Good. I was like, look at everybody loving on you. Cute self. I'm obviously rooting for Mrs. Russell. They seem to keep the show pretty historically accurate about most things. I would imagine, not even I would imagine, the Metropolitan Opera House, the one that Mrs. Russell was trying to get funded, exists to this day. Mrs. Russell wins the war. What if any of these people realized they would like go down in history to the point that like TV shows would be made about them? Not so much Mrs. Russell, she's fictional, but Mrs. Astor as an Astor place in New York. I mean, it's named after her husband, not her, but still the name lives on. But yeah, like did any of these people realize that they would be like TV characters? No, because they didn't have TV. What am I talking about? All right, I'm done. We'll be back on Tuesday. I don't know where the hell I'll be. I'll be somewhere and I'll have my microphone. I'm sitting here waiting on God to tell me something. Right now. Right now. Right now. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye.